Let's talk with Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator, the founder of Money Gaps. Nice to have you, Preet. Good Wednesday morning. Good Wednesday morning to you, sir. Let's actually start with something that's definitely in your wheelhouse, and that would be the inflation rate. We got the figures for December, so now we can close out the year and say that we had 6.3% inflation. It's not desirable, but it's not as disastrous as it could have been. Yeah, so a lot of people are saying that we're now reaching that sort of uh, turning point where, yeah, at least some of the components that go into CPI are starting to really drop off. And we've seen this telegraphed a little bit with data from earlier in the year when you take a look at the cost of shipping, transportation, different supply chain costs have gone down, commodities have started to roll over as well. But there's still some pain points, especially for people who've been going to the grocery store and eating out. So, uh, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. And so the Bank of Canada, the predictions at this point are we still might see another hike and it might be another meeting before we start to see a pause. And then people are starting to wonder, well, okay, so does that mean that rates are going to start to go down? And I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. It might take some time because part of the reason that the Bank of Canada is, you know, ha has these higher interest rates is that if something bad happens, like a, you know, a nasty recession, then they have the tool to lower interest rates. So they might be reluctant to lower them. So don't want to get people's hopes up too high just yet. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you entirely. I don't see the rates going down because they were so aberrantly low for mm -hmm. such a yep. long time. I mean, exactly. those people who never really suffered in the economic downturn from 2008, um, you know, like I enjoyed these incredibly low interest rates. I was able to pay off my mortgage. Yeah, and you probably saw because your base rate was a lot higher. And so when you saw these lower rates that you know, we have in the last 10 years, you probably saw it as that is you know a sale compared to what I'm normally ex uh, exposed to. Whereas people who you know graduated um, in the last 10 years, all they've ever really known is low interest rates. Yeah. And so their world is totally different. Okay, I don't know what your drinking habits are. I'm trying to remember the last <laughs> time we were in a bar. But um, new alcohol guidelines basically say, you can have two drinks a week and anything else you're going to kill yourself <laughs> right so uh, the first thing that pops to mind is okay so this is like a lifetime average because the first let's say first 19 years i never touched alcohol so that's a little bit less than half my life so if i started to average four drinks a week after that does that mean i fall within the two week per per average i don't know but uh, my personal habits are I'm not a binge drinker. I drink on occasion. I, it would be tough for me to drink every single day. But I know that for other people, they're probably going to ignore those guidelines if they're above those guidelines anyways. There's maybe uh, a big enough group that might change their habits a little bit. But I think the horse has left the barn uh, on this one. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I don't know that it's going to have that big an impact. I mean, people are comparing this to when they finally said, you know what, smoking's killing you. <laughs> Um, I mean, it certainly makes me hesitate, I guess, but I like wine with a meal. So, you know, two drinks a week seems like uh, <laughs> rationing. It, it does. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny, actually, uh, my doctor, because I was pre-diabetic, developed pre-diabetes during uh, the pandemic because I was sedentary and eating a lot more than normal. And he pointed to a study that said, you know, if you actually increase your alcohol intake because it's lower than average, like quite a bit lower, it actually has uh, some possible benefits. So try that and see if it works. And I had this continuous glucose monitor and lo and behold, 
as I drink a little bit more alcohol, it actually had a positive benefit on my blood sugar levels. So it worked for me, but I think I'm coming at it from a different perspective than maybe other wow. people. Wow. You have to be the first guy I've ever met whose doctor told him to drink more. <laughs> I have great doctors. Yeah. Love okay. Them. <laughs> uh, ground penetrating radar has suggested there may be some graves at a former residential school, and this time it's in Ontario. So it gets just a little bit more real, I guess. Yeah, and you know the the takeaway I got out of reading this story was that there are calls for more funding to continue and complete this work, and I have to imagine that there's going to be pressure to not give more funding because it sounds like we know what that's going to lead to the discovery of even more burial sites. <clears throat> and so, you know, if, if there is pressure, I hope that you know people will sort of say, "Listen, maybe we do know what it's going to yield in terms of finding more of these sites." That doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. So the pressure to withhold funding, um, I think we need to, to add more funds to really get to the bottom of just how pervasive this is. Um, and, and I'd hate to, to, to hear that, you know, funding is dried up to perform these types of ground scans. I was mentioning the story just before you arrived, a hockey player who decided to more or less boycott Pride Night in the NHL, and he cited his faith. And I guess I'm all for do what you want, but don't think that there has to be tolerance for intolerance. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, I, I'm glad that overall the Flyers organization, I think that's the, the team the player belonged to, <clears throat> that their organization has shown support for, for LGBTQ plus communities and organizations and would rather focus on that positive contribution of the whole sort of um, news item. But that being said, while I disagree with some of the views of the religious group that this one individual player identifies as belonging to, on one hand, yes, he's entitled to his opinion, but uh, no matter how much I might disagree with it, I don't know, based on the information that at, that is available, if his position to boycott the game, the pregame skate, was more about his feelings about the issue or his fear of appearing out of line with, you know, a fairly hardline major religious group in Russia. This kid was 17 or in his teens when he came over from Russia and is only 26 now. Maybe we find that his thinking evolves because he's, he's still young and in an informative stage and maybe his teammates will talk to him about, you know, what does it say if you boycott this and what are the repercussions of that? Yeah, I guess I, I would say I have a very low threshold for religious informed intolerance. And, you know, when you go to a place of worship and the women have to be on one side of the room or where, you know, you're not allowed. To, I remember going to a school once, as a matter of fact, and reaching over to shake hands with a teacher to whom I was introduced and she pulled her hand away because she's not allowed to touch men. And I just thought, this is not wow. faith. This is superstition. Yeah, and uh, I totally agree. I have a low threshold, as you do. Um, I just think about, you know, the level to which this this player has been indoctrinated and what it takes to unravel that. What's the right approach to sort of maybe steer him in a direction that, you know, he'll get to hopefully eventually. I don't know, but have to take into account what degree he's been in sort of um, in that, that sort of headspace. So what do you make of uh, this video of a man instructing his four-year-old on how to handle a gun? And I guess some people would say, hey, if it's a part of dad's lifestyle, why shouldn't it be a part of the kid's lifestyle? But I guess coming a week after a kid shot his teacher in school, um, it, it's a little disturbing. Yeah, it is. I mean, listen, my, my, no pun intended, well, I guess maybe it is, my shoot from the hip responses, I find it a bit alarming. The vibe of the video is a bit aggressive. Yeah. 
um, there are a few angles to 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 sort of consider. Um, you know, if we compare the access that kids everywhere uh, seem to have uh, to sensationalistic, you know, gun culture on top of things like committing crimes for points on video games, like killing people, running them over with your car, beating with a, a lead pipe or whatever. That exposure in and of itself is worrying as well. But then what about, you know, is this parent trying to teach, you know, their their child the other side of that? Um, is their approach better than what I would? You know, where are they? Are they in an open carry state or in a location where, you know, gun culture is very prevalent? And the kid has said, you know, everyone around me is playing with guns um, and I'm going to do it whether you teach me or not. And the dad says, well, okay, well, I'm going to teach you my, I don't know enough. But again, just based on the video, the vibe of that video is a bit disturbing. Preet, wonderful to have you. Thanks so much. Thank you, John.